Let's just take a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And let's just invite the Holy Spirit into our space to do what only the Holy Spirit can do. And let us be conduits of hope to each other lines that connect us this morning. Lord, as we celebrate your birth and enter a new year, may we be reminded that this is the season that we praise and glorify. May we bring your light out and shine your face into a world in a season that is in such desperate need of your grace. Abba, Father, I ask that you give me strength and grace as I share my testimony. May my words start to heart that is hardened. <clears throat> May my truth show someone here that with you nothing is impossible. Lord, you are a way-making father, and I ask that together we can show someone this morning that your way is always the right way. The bondage that we create in our own minds, hearts, and bodies are always the hardest ones to break free from. Jesus, let's break some of those bonds here today. Help us to tell the lies of the enemy the truth so that we may see our God-given worth of your great masterpiece. Amen. So good morning, my brothers and sisters. What a blessing to be asked to share my walk with Jesus with you during this hope-filled season. Jesus never ceases to amaze me. Whenever I am feeling completely underqualified and not worthy, Jesus always calls. The one thing that I've learned on this journey is that no matter how uncomfortable I am, I always say yes. I would like to share my experience and hope with you. More importantly, my journey with Jesus and my ever-evolving transformation. My name is Danielle. I grew up in the suburbs. I am the daughter of John and Anel Fernikes. I have a young and two older sisters, Heidi and Monica. I grew up with Heidi and John in my life, but I've just begun a relationship with my sister Monica. Having an open heart that is able to receive a sister that I didn't even grow up with is one of the many great God's graces. Before Jesus, I was just too self-centered. My grandfather, Papa Ben, lived with us for many years. He was my best friend. Papa Ben loved Jesus, and he was my greatest love. Papa had a big golden Bible that he would read to me. Some of my favorite memories are curling up with him, listening to stories about God and family. I am blessed to have that Bible on my bookshelf to share with my son, Benjamin, today. Despite my grandfather's example and my, my parents' attempts to bring me up in the church, I got lost at a very young age. I never felt like I fit in. I never felt good enough. I always felt like something was broken or missing. I searched for the one thing that would make me whole. I never even considered that that one thing could be Jesus. God was not real for me. I didn't have a relationship with him. I remember thinking at a very young age that if there was a God, I was way too broken for a relationship with me anyway. So I went through the motions at church growing up, but the hole in my heart was just too big and I filled it with other things. Trauma, abuse, and bullying were a very real thing for me throughout my school years. Too young to know how to deal with the shame and feelings of unworthiness, so I shoved them down where I didn't have to look at them. I became a victim very early in life, and I wore that victim cloak like a cross on my back 
all the way into adulthood. So heavy. At 13, I started drinking and thought I had found the answer to all my problems. I finally felt comfortable in my own skin. When I drank, I didn't have to feel all the pain and shame that I carried with me. And it wasn't long fixes to mask the tornado brewing inside of me. My story before Jesus is a big, dark storm fueled by alcohol, drugs, bad decisions, and toxic relationships. For a long time, I not only fought I graduated magna cum laude with high honors from St. Michael's College. I started a mural and decorative painting business. <clears throat> I became the artist I dreamed of being and the artist my family dreamed me to be. All over the United States, Italy, and South America. I was running with the master artists and the elite in my field. I was in way over my head and once again feeling like I did not fit in. I was living a fast, reckless, and dangerous life, making so much money. <clears throat> if you saw my life from the outside, it looked like I had it all together. But if you really knew me, there was no way that you weren't affected in some way by my brokenness. I took hostages everywhere I went, only putting myself in bad situations and then wondering why I was victimized. By this time, I was dying on the inside and I had long since moved on to prescription drugs and whatever my street drug of choice was at that given moment. By 35 years old, I was a 90-pound, full-blown heroin addict who wanted to die. I lost my business that I had created from the ground up. I was broke. I had lost or sold all my material possessions to support my I attended every fight I was invited to, and even the ones I wasn't invited to. My idea of love was as warped and twisted and as dark as my addiction. <clears throat> I was living with a guy who loved me so much. He would introduce me to heroin, show me how to shoot heroin into my veins, steal with me, and would, and would live hungry and in squalor with me. That's what I thought love was. That's the life I lived. I was a liar, and I didn't know it. I believed the lies I told myself. I remember I used to tell myself that if I told a lie and someone believed it, it wasn't a lie anymore. <clears throat> I was doing what I needed to do to survive in a darkness where I no longer had a choice. I was an addict in bondage. My family was devastated by who I had become and what I had put them through. My world was dark and unsafe for myself, the people who loved me, and for anyone I came in contact with. He lifted me out of the pit of despair out of the mud and mire, he set my feet on a rock and gave me a firm place to stand. Psalm 40, verse 12. <clears throat> when I was living in the darkness of bondage, I couldn't see or feel God. In fact, I blamed God and everyone else for the life I was living. My motto was, if you had my life and carried the pain and trauma that I did, that you would use too. Looking back, I can see that Jesus was holding my hand the whole time every destructive behavior, and everything that I did to destroy myself, I was doing to him too. My Jesus loved me so much that he stayed with me through it all. The day I surrendered was the day he lifted me out of the mud and mire. Spring of 2010, I was unable to get out of bed without putting a substance in my body. I had no drugs, no money, and no hope. I rolled onto my knees, and for the first time since I was a little girl, I called out to God, 
the longest me was from my head to my heart to my knees. That was the day I walked away from heroin. I know that, that was God's grace and not mine. I started the dangerous road of detoxing myself off of heroin, benzos, and a cocktail Even though I knew God got me out of that bed, I still wasn't ready to, to surrender completely. But the seed had been planted. I could no longer deny that there was a God and he was doing for me what I couldn't do for myself. I, I got a sponsor and I began the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. On the day I did my third step, which is to turn my life and will over to the care of God as I understood him, my little cousin Glenn, who was also in recovery, brought me a book of devotionals. Inside there was a note that said, Danny, now that you've decided to turn your life and will over to the care of God, don't you know who that is? Tucked into the page was an invitation to live my Curcio, which is a weekend retreat with Jesus. My journey with Jesus was about to be ignited. Jesus had called and I had answered yes. New to recovery when I lived my Curcio. I was still a very sick girl, physically, spiritually, and mentally. When I arrived at the Royal Room at St. Basil's, that Thursday night, I was closed off. I was angry and I didn't want to be there. People were so happy. I was convinced that they wanted something for me because my, that's just where my mindset was. My skin was yellow with hepatitis B. As a direct result of my reckless lifestyle, I felt angry and ashamed. I've been working the steps for the past six months and I had just cleaned house with a thorough fourth and fifth step. So I had a heart that was open, raw, and ready to receive the transmission of grace from Jesus. I met my first angel of hope that first night, Bernie. I shared things with Bernie in my room that I had never shared with anyone. I remember telling her that I needed to get out of there and that Jesus was just not the answer for someone like me. I thought I was too far gone for the things that I had done. She with me and she loved me where I was at. She told me it didn't matter what I had done, that I was there because Jesus had called my name. Bernie's belief in me was the reason that I stayed that first night, even though in my mind, I still had the idea that I would leave the next morning. We have a saying in the halls of AA, don't leave five minutes before the miracle happens. To be able to say that since then, I have served on several teams with Bernie, to have been a rector of my own prison team last fall, to be able to morning and be a small flicker of light and hope in the height of a worldwide pandemic, that is a miracle, folks. Jesus has truly done it all. And there he was, transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, white as light. Matthew chapter 17, verse 2 and 3. The transfiguration is Christ's appearance in radiant glory upon a mountain to three of his disciples. When his disciples saw the shining through his humanity and they heard God's voice, they fell to the ground terrified. Jesus came and touched them and said, get up, don't be afraid. When the disciples lifted their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus. I will never forget that Saturday at my Crucio. It was during the healing service that I heard God whisper to me. Get up, 
don't be. I lifted my eyes and I saw no one but Jesus. Once you see, you can't unsee. My transformation had begun. I was changed forever. The week following my procedure, I got news from my doctor. The hepatitis B was gone, no longer detectable in my body. I knew in my heart that I had been cleansed by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, that I had been given a new life, that I had been forgiven. I've been on fire with Jesus ever since. Let me be clear that my life did not automatically get easy, but I knew from that point on that there is nothing that I will have to face alone. And there is nothing too big that I can't do it without Jesus by myself. I have grown and changed so drastically since I answered Jesus' call. I would like to share with you what my life looks like today in the sunlight of the Holy Spirit. I'm the single mother of eight and a half year old Benjamin Daniel. And it's a gift from God for doing the right things. Benjamin has never seen his mother drunk, high, nodding off, or in any compromising positions. I am a woman in long-term recovery. Last July, I celebrated 10 years of contented sobriety. I love Jesus and I trust him completely. Jesus is love. I seek Jesus in my relationships today. My heart knows instantly if I'm seeking ungodly love and relying on Danielle's will instead of God's. If I'm, if I'm not honest about this with myself, a godly friend and God, then I'm in really big trouble. I surrender my will and ask God for help with this daily. I ask him to guide my heart and remove any old motives and bad behaviors. I have learned that the, other, that the way that other people behave and treat others in relationship is about their own internal struggle and not about me. My ego is not invited to that battle anymore. I am in a relationship with Anthony. Chip reminds me constantly <laughs> that I have to trust God's time and plan. I am now able to go to God for counsel, check my motives, and enter challenges and difficult times in a healthy and real way. I'm not trying to control how I loved. I have never been in a relationship that I relied on God first in. Today, I'm able to love someone for who they are, not for what they do for me or how they make me feel. I am responsible for me and my feelings. Let go of my expectations and trust God. There's nothing that we can't get through. I pray for Anthony daily, praying that he is relying on God's merciful guidance as he navigates his own journey as well. I no longer have material possessions that I used to have. I've never been so content. I have the love and trust of my family back. My relationship with Jesus impacts every relationship I have and everything that I do. My mother no longer stays up worrying if I'm alive. I am in charge of all the money that comes into my father's office business today. That is a miracle that my daddy trusts me again. I can look him in the eyes. I no longer stand in front of him with my head down. Messed up again. But begging him to bail me out for the millionth time. I may be a work in progress, but I do my best to be the daughter that God intended for me to be today. After 10 years of fearing the artist inside me, I paintbrushes again. I asked my Heavenly Father to show me how to trust the frightened artist girl inside of me. This was a girl that wasn't sure she could create anything without putting drugs and alcohol into her body. 
it turns out that I am way more of the spirit than I ever was being bound by the darkness and lies of the enemy. Looking back, my artwork and writing was often pretty dark and painful, but it reflected the darkness, the fears, the doubts and insecurities that bound me for so long. Something is missing. When I pick up a brush and pen with those old lies and stories in my head that I can easily, easily go back to, I am unable to create anything. When I change the narrative and find gratitude for my gift, I'm able to create and raw truth through any medium. I was given a gift of being able to bring beauty to the world. I celebrate that awareness today. Thank you, Jesus, for that gift. I'm also a certified recovery coach for the state of Massachusetts. 10 years ago, I was not a stranger to handcuffs and jail cells. And today I'm able to work with police, first responders, and alongside communities helping people battle addiction. Police chiefs, judges, and spiritual advisors trust me and believe in me. Our church, <laughs> this is a miracle. These are God-given promises come true. I remember after living my Curcio, wanting so badly to be on team, which is what you do after you live Curcio, you get to be on team for other people who are living there. Um, and I wanted so bad to be on team and I was waiting for that call to come. And when the call came, I had just found out that I was pregnant with my son. <clears throat> I was sure that as a single pregnant woman, the invitation would definitely be taken away. Not only was I welcomed on that team, but I was given the leader talk at seven months pregnant. Father Martin said there was just more of me to love. My son in my belly was celebrated and prayed over the entire weekend. Last for the 2019 Transfiguration Weekend in MCI Framingham, where I brought my own team in to minister to the women behind the walls. Wow, like these are nothing short of miracles. Today, I am part of the solution, not part of the problem. And I show up even when I feel underqualified. I sponsor other women in the AA Fellowship. I try to give back what was so freely given to me. I often find myself on the front lines of darkness, addiction, and bondage. It's a constant I have been. When I get in my head and take my eyes off Jesus, this can be a very scary place for me. I have to continually surrender and rely on God's grace and mercy. I have to put aside my ego and remember that I can't save anyone. I have to always remind myself how Jesus held my hand and stayed with me unconditionally until I was ready to change and surrender. Last year, I lost my best friend, Nancy, to an overdose. I've lost a lot of people I've cared deeply about to this disease of addiction. And each time the enemy whispers in my ear, in my own voice, that if I can't even help my own best friend, how can I help anyone? But because I'm on this journey with holy friends, I can now start to tune out that voice with the voices who always speak truth to me my recovery family, and my church family. I hear people like my friend, Sylvia Carroll. <clears throat> Prayer doesn't guarantee us, but it is a guarantee that no matter what we face, Jesus will face it with us. So despite what the accuser says, I will continue to reach out my hand, give people a safe place to land, and love on them the way my family at St. Basil's and at Vine has done for me. I may be the only face of Jesus that some people ever see, and I don't take that lightly. I was called to share my testimony openly. With all my heart, I give that glory to Jesus.
believe that my work with others who struggle with addiction is a crucial part of my walk with Jesus. The closest I feel to him is in relationship with my son, Benjamin. We pray together, we light prayer candles together, and we adorn our walls with crosses and pictures of Jesus that we find out. How's this for a miracle? Because of COVID, I've taken Benjamin out of school and I am homeschooling. Every day I ask God for help and guidance. And we are kind of nailing this homeschooling thing. <clears throat> and we're making prices. We find cool ways to incorporate core curriculum with real life. We do things like grocery store math, science and cooking, and meatball multiplication. <laughs> we have also included lessons on how to hang clothes, hangers, shoe, shoe tying, laundry math, and tracking animals. We do geography and history by doing work to become a junior ranger as many national parks as we can. This has become a space for us that has been a great blessing during this time. Thank you, Jesus. Our home is our sanctuary. And together, <clears throat> we make it a place where Jesus is present, loved, and celebrated. Together, we seek Jesus first in our lives so that we can walk in the world in the full armor of God. <clears throat> I am very open and honest with Benjamin about my life before him and before Jesus. Since Benjamin was in my belly, he's been on a team with me, come to church with me, does work with me, and attends a million AA meetings with me. And he never, ever misses an opportunity to tell me to ask God for help on not only do I need a meeting, but I should definitely raise my hand and speak too. My son is always holy friends and friends in recovery who guide him in love and truth. He is wise beyond his eight years. When Benjamin was three, we started Benjamin's mission. Instead of giving Christmas gifts, we would go out and buy hats, gloves, and socks all our family and friends. And we would hit the streets of Boston and give them out to our homeless brothers and sisters. Over the past few years, Ben's mission has grown. Through donations, we are now able to bring out meals, coats, blankets, clothes, underwear, and toiletries several times. We also have recruited all our family and friends to join us out in these missions of love. We love to serve Jesus in this way together. Benjamin has taught me so much about the love of Jesus. The way he interacts with people in his God-given way daily. He is the face of Jesus to me. He sees all people as God's children. He doesn't look away or dismiss people who are struggling or in need because it's uncomfortable or difficult to look at. He reminds me what it is to be an instrument of God's mercy. When he reaches out his hand to someone in need and makes them feel important, he reminds me of where I was when Jesus put his hand out to me. I tell Benjamin all the time that he may be the only face of Jesus that some people ever see. And I pray that he remembers that when he lets go of my for me. I have planted the seeds and I have to trust that he will continue to sow those seeds and they will continue to grow. When I was originally asked to give this talk, I was asked to talk some about how Benjamin and I prepare for Christmas. Well, Christmas is for all of us this year, but I don't want to focus on what is missing. I spent my whole life doing that. I want to celebrate what is and what is coming. This is a season of hope and joyful anticipation. We are celebrating the birth of Jesus. What is ours to do in this season as we celebrate the birth of our Savior and enter into a new year? What can we do to bring the light of Jesus out into the world, into a season that feels very heavy? Because we can't celebrate in the way that we always have. 
Well, for us, we are still preparing to go out for Ben's mission next week. We are gathering and organizing bags of winter gear. The donations have flooded in. We have come home to boxes of blessings on our doorstep daily. We are finding new ways to get out, keeping ourselves and our struggling brothers and sisters safe and as healthy as possible. We painted and made our own Advent candles out of old emergency candles that we found in the basement that we light with our church family every week and they fill our home <clears throat> with light <clears throat> the rest of the season. These candles of preparation and celebration have lit up our home this whole holiday season, reminding us of Christ's light in the dark times. On Thanksgiving, we were unable, sorry, um, on Thanksgiving, we gather with our family and friends. So Anthony, Benjamin, and I took meals out to people who are home alone with no means for Thanksgiving dinner. Benjamin is constantly reminding me to grab a few extra sandwiches and coffee the dunks to drop off to some folks who may be struggling from a local train stop. We were in a rush one day a few weeks ago because I had plans and Ben wanted to bring coffee and sandwich to a man that we drove by on the street. And I was super frustrated and tried to explain to him that we were in a rush and we didn't have time. But I heard Jesus through my son when Benjamin said adamantly, it really is no problem to do something for my brother in Christ. And there it was. The teachable moment was for me. A reminder to open my eyes to Jesus right in front of me. Jesus is right here, especially when it's the darkest. He is the light in the darkness. Jesus is hope. Jesus is peace. Jesus is joy. Jesus is love. COVID took a toll on, on all of our families, on our friends. But Jesus is bigger than COVID. We still have difficult stuff ahead and it's going to be some time before anything changes, but here is the good news. There is something that we all share as brothers and sisters in Christ. We have all had seasons of fear and hopelessness. We also have all been on that mountain where Jesus appeared to us in radiant glory. We have all lifted our eyes at some point in our journey and saw no one but Jesus. And once you see, you can't unsee. Jesus has truly done it all. When I was asked to share my testimony today, the old me was the first voice I heard. Danielle, you're not enough. You are not the voice of hope that our church family needs to hear today as we enter a new season. Those are the lies of the enemy. Those are the old myself and they play out my own voice. But then I remember who I am and whose daughter I am. And then I start to hear your voices and your voices get louder than my own. Just say yes to Jesus. So I suit up and I show up, always do for me. I'm certain that all of you have helped me up in hard times and I can promise you that I have done the same and will always do the same for you. <clears throat> like Father Martin and Joel have done for me since day one. Joel has always showed up and guided me in love. So how do I give back to the people who have changed me forever? I get uncomfortable. I say yes to Jesus, even when I feel underqualified, and I try to be a flicker of light and truth in the darkness. My journey, it may be imperfect, but it's also powerful because it's one of the many flickers of light in the fire that fuels Vine 39. So I, continue, so I continue to share it so it may spark hope for the next person who desperately needs a reason to stay. I have come into the world as a light so that no one who believes in me should stay in darkness. John 12, verse 46. In closing, I want to wish you all a joy-filled holiday season. May you continue to look for the blessings in this process. 
May you stay open to what Jesus is asking you to do in this season. May you just say yes. May you find new ways to bring the light of Jesus to those in need, because chances are those people and those opportunities are right here in plain sight. That's it. Yes, sir. Thank you, Danielle.